It is good to be with you all on this second Sunday of Advent. From the Revised Common Lectionary, we find a wonderful selection in Luke's Gospel, which is commonly known as Zechariah's Song, or the Benedictus, based on its first words in Latin, Benedictus Dominus Deus Israel, which means, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. We are in the first chapter of Luke today, and a lot happens before we get to the birth of Jesus in chapter 2. Our passage for today reads more like a psalm, and it's meant to be sung, but don't worry, I'm not going to sing. These are the very words, however, chanted by our choir this morning. Thank you. I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 68 to 79, and I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world the narrator began. We can imagine the animals grazing in the pasture with the shepherds keeping watch. The wise men, or women, faithfully bringing their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you always see the angels appearing to the shepherds, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God with a flapping of wings and shimmering halos. And there might be a scene of Gabriel the angel appearing to a startled Mary to proclaim the good news. But if you look back in the Gospel of Luke, you'll notice that the angel shows up at the temple appearing to Zechariah first. Don't you just love Christmas pageants? I have noticed that Zechariah doesn't usually make the Christmas pageant nor do we find good old Zechariah in our nativity scenes. As we enter into our text for today, we first have to understand the events that led up to this beautiful song 
preceding the birth of Jesus. His name is Zechariah. Her name is Elizabeth. They lived over 2,000 years ago in the days of King Herod in the hill country of Judea, an area that today is part of Israel. They lived an ordinary life, except that they had a continuing heartache. They hoped for children that did not come. And most importantly, they were without a son to carry on Zechariah's name. Furthermore, both Zechariah and Elizabeth were getting on in years, the Bible tells us. Luke shares that they are good people. They have prayed for a child, and over the years they have adjusted, accommodated, and accepted the status quo without children. Now, Zechariah was a priest, and one day he was on duty in the temple, and he was chosen to be the one sent into the sanctuary to handle the incense and prayers. This was a very big deal. It was the biggest honor of his life. And while he's in the sanctuary, something incredible happened, something unbelievable. An angel appeared. Zechariah was terrified, of course. When the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, he said, Fear not. Don't be afraid. Something great is about to happen. You're going to be a father. Elizabeth will conceive and... God has important work for your son. His name will be John, and he will prepare the way for God's own son. And this son, this new baby, will be the source of great joy and gladness for you. Zechariah went home, and Elizabeth became pregnant. Their son, John the Baptist, was born, and they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) That's not how it happened, actually. They had some ups and downs, like we all do. Though Zechariah was shocked by the very presence of the angel, the news was even more surprising. You are going to have a son. This is God's idea, and your dream is coming true. Remember, he and Elizabeth were thought to be too old to have children so you would be surprised. It was a lot to process, and old Zechariah, the priest, had a momentary lapse of faith. How will I know this is true? How can this be? Though the promised son, John the Baptist, was to make ready a people for the Lord, his father-to-be was not prepared for the next step. Gabriel, the angel, reminded Zechariah that this is good news. Your dream is coming true. But since you are not believing it, you will now be silent for the next nine months. Can you imagine trying to explain this to his wife? When Zechariah emerged from the sanctuary to address the congregation waiting for his prayers and blessing, he can't talk. This is the ultimate nightmare for clergy types, like forgetting to turn the clocks ahead and missing the church service, or you couldn't find your sermon. 
I recently had a nightmare that I got to church without my sermon, and when I went back to the house to get it, I couldn't find my house. Well, Luke doesn't fill in the details here, but Elizabeth conceives just as the angel said she would. Their baby boy was born, and God picked out a new name. Zechariah wrote it on a stone tablet, since he still couldn't speak. He wrote, his name is John. The child's name signaled God's new future with God's advent, or coming, into the world. And once Zechariah confirmed his son's name, then Zechariah could speak again. After nine months of silence, Zechariah found a new voice, a new song. His first words are a hymn of praise, the Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us. And being a proud father, he also boasted a bit about his son. You, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, and you, child, will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us. Zechariah's song, the Benedictus, began with a past by recounting the mighty acts of God and moves to the present by reminding us of how to live with God in gratitude. Then Zechariah sings about the future of the ways his son would make us ready to receive the Prince of Peace, the Messiah. I wonder, how could he sing with a lump in his throat? I mean, he's looking at his newborn son, praising God and singing about the one who will guide our feet in the way of peace. Friends, in the busyness and noise and festivities of the season, Zechariah's story invites us to make our hearts ready for the good news God brings. I know, I know, there's a lot to do. And there are only 20 days until Christmas. Zechariah struggled too. He had to prepare his heart to believe the divine visitor's good news, that he and his bride were going to have a baby, and that baby would prepare the way for another baby. Episcopal priest and author Barbara Brown Taylor comments on Zechariah's condition. The commentators call it Zechariah's sin of disbelief, but I wonder about that. You might also call it a failure of imagination, a fear of disappointment, a habit of hopelessness, end quote. Friends, can you imagine, for example, a new and better future for children who don't have food or shelter or clean water or even parents? Can you imagine that? Have you taken the first step to get help with a relationship, an addiction, grief, or spiritual distress while imagining new life? Are you struggling with how to get to know Jesus? As a congregation, 
Can we envision a future with hope and peace in our communities and world? Or do we suffer from Zechariah's condition? A failure to imagine, a fear of disappointment, a habit of hopelessness. In Lewis Carroll's children's classic, Through the Looking Glass, our daughter's favorite book, the White Queen advises Alice to practice believing six impossible things before breakfast each day. Zechariah had a hard time believing one impossible thing before breakfast, let alone six. Between now and Christmas, we will be hearing the familiar and wonderful stories of a manger, shepherds, angels, and of course, a baby. How shall we prepare ourselves for Christmas? To which Brown Taylor asked the question, how else are we to prepare ourselves for the preposterous story we are about to hear again of how God decided to abandon heaven for earth, trading power and might for diapers and a teething ring? And how his mother could not say how it happened exactly, although his mother's husband knew for sure that it had nothing whatsoever to do with him. Friends, our belief is crucial because God needs our participation. Zechariah's yes, Mary's yes, Joseph's yes, your yes, my yes, and everyone else's yes. God needs them all. Because God already said yes. The angel whispers in our ears, Do not fear. God is here. It may not be exactly what you had planned, but God may be born again here too if you will embrace God's presence in the midst of the ordinary. God has already said yes. And we are called to participate in what God is already doing. Good old Zechariah got it right in the end, singing, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. But he didn't stop there. He kept singing words of praise for God's promises, for promises that have been and will be fulfilled, especially the promise of a Messiah. Zechariah also saying for past preservation, thanking God for protecting his people. Then he sang about our purpose. God preserves us so that we can serve without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Verse 74. God gives us life so that we can serve God and God's people. And beginning in verse 77, Zechariah sang about what God desires in our lives, to give the knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah and Elizabeth had some ups and downs, like we all do. 
Zechariah needed time to process. Oh, he didn't want to wait, but he was forced into his own type of pregnancy. But I think he was given a gift. God was preparing Zechariah for Christmas. During his nine months of silence, he got a chance to consider how God was working in his life. He embraced the tension between faith and doubt, side by side. He meditated upon his past and then let go of what was holding him back so that he could be free enough to welcome the new life that God was giving, a new future that was coming. God was coming into the world in the form of a baby. Not John, but the other baby. But I'm getting ahead of myself. During Advent, we have the opportunity to consider how God is calling us to imagine new ways of living in order to live into the new life God is making possible. How will you and I get ready for the newness God brings? How will you, how will I, get ready for the newness God brings? Friends, today we lit the candle of peace. God is called by many names, but today we call upon God as the Prince of Peace. We long for God's peace. Peace of mind, peace in our relationships, peace in our families, peace at work, Peace in all lands. Friends, let us leave our worries, fears, and doubts at God's feet and breathe in God's peace. We are all distracted by the what-ifs of life, but during Advent, we can come to God in faithfulness to replace the what-ifs with courage, strength, hope, and peace, even in the chaos and frustrations of life. Our prayer is that we will keep our eyes on God and not on the things of the world. We pray that our hearts will be at peace. When we arise each day with God's peace in our hearts, we pray others will see in our words and deeds that our peace comes from God. The way of peace is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I think that's what Zechariah learned in his pregnancy. He learned the way of peace. How do we do that? By getting to know God more. Not just to know more about God, but to get to know God more. Advent is the perfect time to reflect on growing our relationship with Christ. Are we spending time with God in prayer, wonder, awe, silence, study, reading the scriptures, service and mission? Are we listening, truly listening to the Spirit of God? Are we looking for God's movement in the world? Are we paying attention to miracles, big and small? And one thing we can all do is to experience more Christmas pageants. One of my favorite Christmas pageants is found in the book called Secrets in the Dark 
written by author and Presbyterian minister Frederick Beekner. He writes about a Christmas pageant that took place in an Episcopal church somewhere. The manger was down in front at the chancel steps, where it always was. Mary was there wearing a blue gown and Joseph in a cotton beard. The wise men were there and a handful of shepherds. And, of course, the Christ child was lying in the straw. The nativity story was read aloud with carols sung at the appropriate places. And it all went like clockwork until it came time for the arrival of the angels of the heavenly host as represented by the children of the congregation who were robed in white and scattered through the pews with their parents. At the right moment, they were supposed to come forward and gather around the manger saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill among all. And that's what they did. Except there were so many of them that there was a fair amount of crowding and jockeying for position, with a result that one particular angel, a girl about nine years old, who was smaller than most of them, ended up so far out on the fringes of things that she couldn't see what was going on. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, they sang on cue. And then in the pregnant pause that followed, the nine-year-old girl cried out in a voice shrill with irritation and frustration, Let Jesus show! Let Jesus show. So many things hide Jesus from us. But I do believe this little girl and good old Zechariah were onto something. Getting closer to God, getting closer to Jesus, is the way of peace believing in God, and having deep, intimate relationship with our Lord allows us to let Jesus show in our lives, in our communities, and to transform the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.